Please turn your Bibles to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Now that we've seen the existence of the different kinds of gathering, gatherings that were in the early church, which we talked about last week. Remember again, we, we identified home fellowships and house churches and temple gatherings. What we're going to do is go on and look at what, what's needed to firstly evangelize and then grow people in the Lord once they become Christians. There's no point in having all of this if we're not going to reach out. Amen? Do you know our motto used to be reaching the lost and perfecting the saints? It is. We just haven't quite done the first part as well as we, I would have liked to. Okay? Only because, and let me just share this, some personal things with you. Only because, you know, up to now, I've just never liked any of it. It has been intrusive. It has been impersonal. It's been rude. <laughs> okay? And uh, it never sat with me for the way it should be done naturally. Now, some people have a way of, you know, they're silver tongues. You know, they can get anything saved. Sell ice to Eskimos. You know, those sort of people. Well, mostly people are not like that. And, you know, I've always looked for that place where we can all do something without feeling threatened or, you know, afraid or any of those things. And challenged. You know how people always come and challenge you? None of that stuff, okay? <laughs> all right. We want to just do what comes naturally. And, you know, I always look for that. I, I don't look for quick results. I look for long-lasting results. You know, I always, look, I always see the words, and they continued steadfastly. That's what I'm looking for, the continued steadfastly, not the flashbang in the pants or whatever. You know, I, was that a bad thing to say? Anyway, I don't know what that means, really. Okay, so <laughs> nothing, nothing that is, that, that's it, yeah, that one, flash in the pan. Okay, nothing like that. We, we want lasting results, amen? And, and we want people not to feel like they're projects, you know, like we're trying to get him saved or something. And that, to me, th that's where it's fallen short. And that's where we've gone wrong. And why I've never felt led by the Lord, so to speak. And I, I pray I use this correctly. Led by the Lord to do things like that. So, don't be nervous. Okay, what I, what I want to share with you, I believe will bless you. And, you know, it will come down to you making decisions about certain things, doing things with the right heart and the right motivations, not to get a notch in your belt, but to be pleasing to God. There are a lot of people out there that are witnessing, believing that they're pleasing to God, and they so are not. Because they do more to turn people away from God than they do to bring them to God. They give people a wrong idea about God more than who he really is. He is loving. And in John 3.16, and we'll come back to this, it says, for God so loved the world. It didn't say God was just looking to get them all saved. It said he loved them so much he needed to and wanted to do something about it. So that is going to become our motivation. We're going to be looking at that, okay? All right, let, let, me, let me get back to this. Now, before we can talk about evangelism and sharing our faith effectively, notice the word effectively, okay, we need to talk first about the two kinds of people that exist in the body of Christ. I'm going to give you a lesson now. Lengtheners and strengtheners. 
They're both good, okay? I'm not talking bad and good. There are some that are lengtheners. Lengtheners are the ones that reach out. They love to share their faith. They love to get out there. They just seem to have a bent for just getting out there and just talking to people about their faith. I'm going to help you become one of those. I'm talking about those people that have a primary gift in that area. Evangelists are lengtheners. Apostles and prophets are kind of lengtheners too, depending on how they work. Okay? And then there are what I call strengtheners. They are those people, those are pastors and teachers primarily, and they can be apostles and prophets too, but not generally evangelists. They can, but evangelists will just pull their hair out if they have to strengthen because they want to be out there looking to save the next person or bring the next person to the knowledge of Christ in the right way. Amen. Okay. <laughs> but their heart is for the lost. Whereas the strengtheners, their heart is for the sheep. They want to grow them up. Somebody comes in and they look at them and say, you need to be brought up in the Lord. And my goodness, there's a lot of stuff to do to strengthen people. Not just to get them to a place where they can stand on their own two feet, but so that they too can become a lengthener. They can become spiritual parents. They can become someone, someone that can be a blessing to others. Not always go, feed me, feed me, feed me. Amen? <laughs> and we're going to identify what it is that causes people to be the sort of person that says, feed me continually. It's because they haven't received something in their growth. It's because there has been a hole in their growth. Something has not gone right there. And so they have not been given what they needed to grow. If you're given what you are needed to grow, you will grow. Unless you reject that thing and walk away from it. Then it's not our fault. <laughs> Okay, but you know, one of the things that I realize, and I'm just sharing a little bit here, okay, I'm off topic for just for a minute, but you know, one of the things that I realized was there are very specific things that people need to grow in God. There are some foundational things that if you don't get, you, you, because you don't have that foundation, a lot of what I preach is on level two. Okay, there are three levels. There is the first level where you are a babe in Christ. You come in and, you know, you need to know about the love of God. You need to know that your sins are forgiven. You need to know that, you, you know, you are seated at, you know, at the right hand of God. You are in a, just a privileged position. You need to know all of those things as a foundation. Because it's only after you know that can you go to the next level where you begin to use the word of God. You stand on the word. You know that God's you know, promises never fail. And so on and so forth. And it's only after you get to that level will you then progress on to the third level, which is becoming a spiritual mom and dad, which is you now being long-suffering and patient and all those things to the next group that comes through. And they're discovering that God loves them. And you can't say, yeah, yeah, I know that that's so yesterday. Okay, you have to be excited with them and you have to say, well, that's wonderful because they're gaining the revelation that they need to. They're in a sense as a baby just speaking their first words and you're so excited. They're taking their first steps and you're so excited. Not like, oh, are you just taking your first steps? You know, I can run. What is this? Well, you know, <laughs> don't do stuff like that. You know, we do this with babies, but we don't do it with spiritual babies. We expect them to run the way we run. The moment they get saved, 
Are you all here? And it's only because I haven't told you this stuff you don't know, so don't feel bad. I had to repent a lot, and God said the same thing to me. But I did repent a lot. <laughs> okay? But, you know, I mean, I didn't know. And God is starting to bring all of these things into my purview. He's beginning to share all these things with me so that we can now move through these stages on purpose so that you can find out what you need and in fact you'll be able to minister to people on different levels. You'll be able to pick up straight away where they're at. Isn't that something? I think that's a gift. That'd be a great gift to just know where people are at so that you don't judge them. So that you know how to love them the right way. Encourage them, strengthen them and keep getting them up those levels. So that one day they can look back and go, oh, I get it. You know, I was struggling for so many years. Now I see. Now I've become a spiritual parent. Now I want to share this with somebody else. Because you start feeling, you, 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 know, you know what you went through. You know what they're going through. And you know how to help them. Hallelujah. Amen? Okay. So with all this in mind, Let's just move on. Okay. Let's go and look at the very first step to building God's kingdom, and that is knowing how to simply and effectively share our faith in a home fellowship setting. Now, this is not for a home church, a house church, or sort of the temple type gatherings, the really big ones. This is specifically for home fellowships because it is a more intimate group. It is a place where you are really caring for people. We will talk about the dynamics of that as we get to it, as we need to, all right? But not for the moment. But I want to sh share some of these things and let you know that this is the setting that this works in. Okay? All right. So, <clears throat> in other words, this isn't a comprehensive, comprehensive study on evangelism, but a study specifically geared toward those we will be ministering to in our home fellowships. The reason for evangelism can be found, first of all, I've taken you to uh, John 3.16. We have to go there. All right, this is the reason for evangelism. Jesus said, for God so loved the world. The reason for evangelism is love. I want to say it again. The reason for evangelism is love. It isn't feeling bad, feeling pressured, feeling guilty, feeling like, oh my God, they're all going to hell, and what am I doing today? Eating cornflakes. <laughs> I should just stop eating, I should stop doing everything and just go save everybody. You know, we, we, we get to these places where we're not being led by the Spirit, we're being led by guilt and condemnation, and anything else that somebody put on us, that, you know, can I just say this won't last very long? After a while, your self-preservation will kick in and kick it out. And then you won't do anything at all. <laughs> a lot of people just go the whole other way. So, you know, wherever you are at with this thing, I want to bring you to the middle. Okay. And you might, can I just say this? You may begin in a place where you do what I'm about to share with you, and I will be sharing this over several weeks. We can't get this done in one week. I would like to have, but we can't, all right? Because <laughs> there's some things you really need to get a hold of, all right? But then you might find that you're enjoying this and realize I'm a lengthener. 
And then we'll run out of space here. Hallelujah. And then God will bring the next thing. <laughs> so, so, you know, all I want you to do is do what will come naturally. But you have to do a little bit of work on the inside of you. Okay? So let me read again John 3.16. For God, Jesus is speaking here. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. Did you hear that? Not to put the world on a guilt trip. Okay? He says, but that the world through him might be saved. Do you know why it's might? Because it's still your choice. Hmm. Want to say something? Never mind. Okay, added to this, there's also 1 Timothy 1.15, where the Apostle Paul says there, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance did you hear? Worthy of all acceptance. All acceptance, okay? Don't reject this. That Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. He came here to save us, every single one of us. And you know, it's interesting that the Apostle Paul, who was a very religious man, he said, I'm chief of all of them. Do you know why he said that? Oh, yes, brother. Because he was being humble. Because he's the Apostle Paul. And there's, it's not, no, 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 there's not a false humility here. Do you know why he says I'm, I was the chief? Who all knows Stephen? Who all knows what an incredible man of God he was? Amen. I mean, miracles and signs and wonders. And he murdered him. So he, obviously he knew knew that God didn't just come to save, you know. See, God came for all of us. God so loved the world. Amen? We're going to see what all that is as well in a minute. All right. In fact, the Apostle Peter says in 2 Peter 3.9, he says, The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise to return, as some people think. You know, what's taking the Lord so long? <laughs> okay? He said, no, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to perish. Isn't that beautiful? So he is giving more time for everyone to repent. You know, when you hear the word repent, don't squirm. Okay, it just means to change your mind, change your direction. Go the opposite way. This is me going my way. This is me repenting. <laughs> I am now going that way. There is no tears and wailing and carrying on. You can have that, that's fine. But I'm just saying, when you finish all that, make sure you're pointing in the other direction. <laughs> you're not just crying because you got caught, you know? <laughs> okay? Uh, you know, just whatever. All right, so. <laughs> so now that we understand the importance of evangelism, let's look at what I believe is one of the best methods of evangelism found in the Word of God that works perfectly with what we want to accomplish in and through our home fellowships. It is one of the methods used by the Apostle Paul, as brought out in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. reason I needed 1 Corinthians back. <laughs> Which has been referred to as the strategy, strategy that Paul employed in win, winning people to Christ. I want to know how this man won everybody to Christ. This is an apostle that started churches all over the place. Amen? So, who's interested? 
Never mind. Oh, good. I thought I'll be the only one. Okay. So we're all interested. All right. <laughs> I want to read in verses 19 through 23. <laughs> I, I just want to read all these verses to begin with so you get context, and then we'll go back and look at them one at a time. All right? He says here, For though I am free of all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. So you see that evangelism is on his mind. Did you get all of that? Okay. Verse 20. And to the Jews I became as a Jew that I might win Jews. I really need you to see the word win. To those who are under the law as under the law that I might win those who are under the law. Watch, watch his list. Verse 21. To those who are without the law. <laughs> free moral agents. All right. <laughs> he says as, we, as without the law, not being without the law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. Verse 22. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. Watch this. I have become all things to all men. That's women as well. Okay. All right. That I might by all means save some. He knew he wouldn't be able to save everyone. But he said he will do his very best even to bring some of them in. Do you know why? Because it's their choice. Oh no, brother, it's predestination. No, 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 it's their choice. The predestination is God has a predestined plan for you when you come in the kingdom. He doesn't wring his hands and run around the throne and go, what, you got saved? I don't have a plan for you. Okay, he's got one for you. Come in, you got a plan. It's waiting for you. I don't want to go deal with... One day I will deal with all those scriptures, all right? Because I know people need to know. All right, so... <laughs> verse 23. He said, Now this I do for the gospel's sake. Notice, for the gospel's sake, that I may be, a part, be partaker of it with you. All right, now, that's where I want to stop. Let's go back to verse 19. Here come the work. Right. He says again, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. Now, first of all, Paul is not saying that he's free from all things. Please see the difference here. All right? He said, I am free from all men, referring to his freedom in Christ. Did you get that? Particularly in what he ate and drank and also financial freedom because of his tent making business. All right? And, and he's believing God for his finances. He just knows he can be free from. See, this is what's so important that we need to be free from, you know, those sort of things that hinder us from doing what we need to do to be a servant and a blessing to others. I know there are some people, because of their religious mentality, not Christ-like mentality, religious mentality, say, oh no, I can't eat with that person. Because that is an unclean thing. Oh, people don't talk like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you haven't met them. Oh, they're there. Or they're thinking that. They may not say it, but they're thinking those thoughts in their head. Are you all here? And we can't think stuff like that. Hmm. All right. So, <laughs> so as a free man, Paul says that he is not only able to relate to everyone, like all those that were listed, but also able to choose 
to be a servant to them all. Something that he also brings up in Galatians 5.13. Let's go there quickly, have a look at what he says there. Galatians 5.13, he says, For you, dear friends, have been called to live in freedom. Watch now. Not freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Okay, let's clear that one up. Oh, I am free, I am free. <laughs> okay, I can do whatever I want. No, hey, wait a second, wait. Don't become, a, don't become in bondage to the devil. That's not free, that's bondage, by the way. You know, some people still don't get it. Sin brings death, not life and happiness. Death, D-E-A-T-T. Death. <laughs> okay? All right. So, <laughs> anyway. He says here, for you, dear friends, have been called to live in freedom, not freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, but freedom to serve one another in love. Did you get the last two words? In love. Not in love. Okay? None of that. Don't do it. You don't feel that way. Don't do it. Because you're going to be... Uh, not a blessing to the person you're trying to do this. You know what I mean? Okay, we, we want you smiling. Smiling like this, not mm. Okay? Not gritting your teeth, smiling. Happy smile from the heart. We need to do this. I told you. This is the part you got to do now. You, you, this needs to be something that comes from your heart. Okay? In other words, serving people is the first step to saving people. Did you get that? Serving people is the first step to saving people. You want to save them, you serve them. You don't want to serve them, don't try to save them. They'll know your insincerity. Amen. <clears throat> and why Jesus says in Matthew 20 and verse 28, For even I, the Son of Man, came here not to be served, but to serve others. That's Matthew 20, 28. He says, not to be served, but to serve others. Uh, sorry, New Living Translation. And to give my life as a ransom for many. Let me read it again, because it probably went up there. All right, he says again, for even I, the Son of Man, came here not to be served, but to serve others. I really need you to see that. Just before this, he was talking about the way the Gentiles lorded over people and everything else. That's how the world system works. Let's not get into the world's system. Amen? Let's be Christ-like. And he says, listen, I came not to be served, but to serve. Do you know, for him to say that he didn't come to be served means that he was receiving his life and his provision from somewhere else. Amen. Amen. See, I told you, you can't do this unless you're connected up there. This isn't a natural thing. You can only serve if you have something to serve with. Okay, but you know what I'm trying to say, all right? So it's really important that you have something in here that you want to share. I, I love John Maxwell. You know, I, I used to like him as a leadership, and, and then I had some questions, and then he, re, he redeemed himself in such a big way, and I had to apologize to God for whatever thoughts I had. All right, so I'm just telling you I'm human. Don't tell me you get it all right. Anyway, so, <laughs> and uh, you know what, one of the things that, that he'd, he'd been asked a question, he said, you know, he'd, he'd have, he has, he's, a, he's spoken over 12,000 times. And he looked at the crowd and he said, you know, 
to speak over 12,000 times, you have to be old. <laughs> you, can't, you can't speak 12,000 times in the day, you know, in the, the first year of ministry. It's a long time. He's been in ministry a long time. And he said, you know, people usually ask him the question, you know, what's your favorite book and blah, blah, blah. But he said, somebody asked him a question, what's your favorite subject? What do you like to talk about the most? And you know, it was really surprising to me. He said, I really love to talk about how I share my faith. I love to share my faith with people. And I like to teach people how they can do the same. And he says he does it all over the place in all kinds of different ways. And, you know, I, I'm going to be sharing some of the things that he shared along the way because it is so good. And you'll get the benefit of all the things that he has learned over the years and done. He's a smart man. Really smart man. And uh, I think you'll really benefit from some of the ways that he gets around things. You know, I'll just give you an example, you know. He, he said, just, I, I'm, I'm talking about serving people and doing it the right way with the right heart, okay? He'd, he'd say, he'd, you know, he's, he's always called to secular uh, settings to teach on leadership because that's his thing. And, you know, he'll begin with something like, all right, so there are four ways to, you know, to, to win a crowd or to, to, to get the best out of it, whatever. He goes, oh, no, three, three ways. Wise as serpents, harmless as doves. He, and then they, they go, what happened to the fourth way? No, I, I can't share that with you in this setting because, you know, that has to do with my faith. So, no, there are three ways, three ways that you can. <laughs> so he does that. And people are just driven, he drives them nuts. They love the three ways. What's the fourth one? And so he said, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm sharing stuff with you, okay? And he says, you know, if you want to know, just get your business card out, write share on it and give it to me after the meeting. I'll call you up and talk to you about the fourth way. The number of people he has brought to, brought to Christ. You know, you know why? Because he loves them. He's not doing this as a gimmick. He's not doing this as, you know, oh, let's see how many notches I can get on my belt. He said, even in COVID, he said, I know everybody else was complaining. He said, it was a great time to witness. He'd see people down in the mouth and he'd go, oh, you know, I really wish I could share what I know so that you could come out of your hopelessness or come out of your depression or come out of this uncertainty or whatever it is. I really wish I could. But it's, you know, and, he, <laughs> and people, wait, what do you know? <laughs> you know? We really need to throw hooks in the water. Again, not because we're trying to trick people. Because we have something. We don't want to force it on them. And they need to be hungry before they will eat. Amen? They need to be thirsty before they drink. It's not us. It's not our place to grab a spoon and force feed them. Okay. Okay. I told you we'll get through this. All right? It's me. It's me. Okay. All right. What does that mean? Eh, never mind. All right? <laughs> I, it, I always try to bring you the balanced word of God. Always try to bring you what is in line with the Spirit, in line with God's heart, not in line with religion or the latest thing that is out there. 
I've been waiting the longest time for this. Hallelujah. And it's here now. Okay. So, <clears throat> where was I? It is clear that Paul wished to imitate Jesus. With Simon J. Kistemaki going on to say that being a slave to all, Paul's objective is to win as many people as possible for Christ. He hopes to gain more people with the strategy of being a slave than by any other method. And in doing so, Paul shows that he is a servant of Jesus by being a servant to all the Lord leads him to. And there's the key. Romans 8.14 For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and the daughters of God. You know, this is one of those things that you really need to get it right. You need to really be led by the Lord to those people that are asking the questions. That in their heart they want to know something. Because otherwise you're wasting your time. You know, somebody, at one point in time we, we uh, looked at, oh gosh, the number of evangelism things I've been to. <laughs> Well, you know, there was good things all over the place, okay? But really, already, okay. But, you know, one of the things that I learned that was really important is don't pick fruit that's not ready to be picked. You try to rip a green one off the tree, it, you're going to bring the branch down and everything. There's going to be a lot of damage, okay? But those fruit that are ready to drop, ready to be picked, those are the ones you're looking for. Wouldn't it be sad if they were ready and you weren't there, they fell on the ground and got trampled. And the Lord looks at you and says, I've been talking to that person for weeks. All I needed you to go, you to do was just go there and just say what I tell you to say to them. Wouldn't have been much. And you would have, you, you would have had the blessing of leading them to the person they've been talking to for all this time. Not to church. Not to religion, but to me. That's all we're here to do. We're not here to bring people to church. We're here, I mean, they come, hallelujah, and praise God. But, you know, okay? But we're here to, to bring people, introduce them to Jesus Christ. That's it. After that, it's between them and God. Are you all here? Now, yes, we have a responsibility to grow them up, but we don't force anything down their throat. They need to come. And we need to love them and we need to be okay with however they come. Hello. <laughs> okay. That's where the long suffering kicks in. All right. Apparently I've run out of time. Can I just, um, give me two more minutes? Would you? Okay. Um, going back to 1 Corinthians 9 and 19 probably into around 20. I want to read something from the message translation. The, the, I, I don't take a lot of things from some, some translations because I'm iffy about some of them, okay? But sometimes they'll hit things on the head. And so, you know, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, and this one really stood out. This is the Apostle Paul speaking again. And he says, even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralists, loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. Hallelujah. You know that whoever really throws everybody. 
he, he makes this point, I like to make it too. He goes, we always like to put however after the whoever. <laughs> we want to say whoever, however, whoever, you know, whoever, however. You know, there's a few, okay? I'm sure you'll agree with me, God, that there's a few howevers. No, <laughs> no God says whoever. Whoever, like I said to you, be led by the Spirit. Amen? Amen? <laughs> In his commentary, I'm going to finish with this. And we'll come back. Obviously, we'll come back to this. But I want to make a point. John MacArthur says, The primary pur purpose of Paul's not taking full advantage of his Christian liberty was that he might win the more. He deeply believed that, according to Proverbs 11.30, he who is wise wins souls and was willing to do everything and anything, sacrifice anything, to win people to Jesus Christ. As far as his rights were concerned, he was free from all men. But because of his love for all, do you did you hear those words? His love for all, okay? He would gladly limit those rights for their sakes. He had figuratively become a slave to all. He would modify his habits, his preferences, his entire lifestyle if any of those things caused someone to stumble, to be offended, or be hindered from the faith in, in the Lord, or from faith in the Lord. In other words, if Paul could make a concession without sacrificing divine truth, did you hear that? He would do it in order to win souls for Christ. The first thing that you need to learn is to value people. That's what this is all about. And how you can add value to them. Did you get that? It's something that John Maxwell put out there and said, and I loved it. You need to value people and add value to them. The way you do that is you need to, first of all, identify or understand the fact that you are valuable. Did you hear me? You can't value people if you're not valuable yourself. In fact, one of the things that he said was you need to think in this way. He says, I am a person of value who values people and adds value to them. Because, you know, you've got to get past that. You know, if, I, if you're broken, I can fix you. You know, if, if you're hurting, I'll help you. Which kind of puts them in your debt almost. And you're not, no, the thing is, you'd say, no, look, I'm helping you, not because I'm trying to fix you and obligate you to me. I'm helping you because I love you. Because I value you. Amen? And if they give you nothing back, don't worry about it. God will bless you. God will look after you. you know, some people, are, you know, they promise you everything while you're helping them and then you never, never hear from them again. Don't get bitter. Don't get upset. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Amen? And God has shown that throughout my life. I used to start getting an attitude sometimes and God will say, who are you looking for your harvest? Is it <laughs> he said, look to me, don't look to the person I sent you to help. Yes. Amen. Amen? Because we all do that, don't we? Yes. I helped you, therefore, you know, you should help me when I get in trouble. 
and you know, ungrateful, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and you go down that track otherwise. And that is wrong. If you help with strings attached, you're not doing it for God. Are you all here? This is a basic lesson. It is the first lesson. It is the most important lesson. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word, and I just thank you, Father, for all that you are ministering to us, and I thank you, Father, for this next big step that we are taking in our growth. And that is what we need to do to reach people, to share our faith with, share our faith with people from a heart of love that you help us with that love. And I just thank you, Father, for everybody in the sound of my voice that has the desire to do this, that they will become strong in you and the power of your might, that they will say, according to Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. We don't have to find it. It's already there. And in that love, with that love, with the God kind of love, we can correctly reach out to people, love them, serve them, and perhaps bring some help some of them find you, see you the way you truly are and want to have a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.